0: Good morning. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity to speak to you. And contrary to what Matt said, I don't really need your full attention. If you tune in 10%, I'll be happy with that. Uh, It occurs to me, every once in a while, I kind of get smacked in the head that I'm 63 years old. (laughs) When and where did that happen? Uh, I was 20 years old for a long time, and 30 years old for a long time, and turn around, I'm 63. Well, for most of that time, as far as I can remember, I've considered myself to be a Christian. Of course I'm a Christian. Why would I not be a Christian? The reality is that for most of that 63 years, I've been mistaken in that because I haven't had a real understanding of what being a Christian is. I do think that in the past few years that that's becoming uh, more clear to me, and I have a, 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 do have a better understanding. In hearing people's testimonials through the years, I've come to think that all of us are kind of on the road to Damascus. Uh, some folks maybe have a blinding light and a voice that calls out to them and their lives are suddenly and dramatically and permanently changed, but it seems like that a lot of us are just busy putting one foot in front of the other, uh, trying our best to learn and to grow and become more sincere and dedicated followers of Jesus. Our conversion or our becoming Christian is a lot more subtle and more gradual No great flash of light or obvious hearing of Jesus' voice. Uh, As I was growing up, I was in a Methodist family. And I don't remember being baptized as an infant, but I've always assumed that I had been. And this was kind of my protective covering. So I didn't need to be in too big a hurry to be baptized later in life. I I had already been, again, covered, so I was going to be okay if I died before I had another chance or another desire. And I would say that at best we were lukewarm Christians. Uh, I think that we were sincere in our faith, but we really didn't know what we didn't know. I remember that as an early teenager, I was always relieved and a little bit happy that as it got closer and closer to 10 o'clock and we hadn't made any moves toward going to Sunday school and church for that day, because then I could stay home and watch the Rocky and Bullwinkle show and the Notre Dame football highlights. So I definitely had my priorities in order. Still, I believed what I learned in Sunday school and what I heard in church, but I wasn't overly compelled to do anything about it. It was kind of like being a fan of a football team, but never going to any of their games. And that was how things stayed through high school and college and my early work years. And while I didn't have a church that I attended when we moved back to North Carolina after my senior year in high school, I did understand how blessed uh, by God that I was. I had a very loving family, great schools. Uh, teachers, neighborhood, and college friends that I really loved us as well. So in 1982, when I was lying on a gurney about to be rolled into operating room for some su- surgery on my stomach, uh, and this, I, I, I gave a little prayer of thanks. This wasn't a particularly life-threatening situation, but when surgery is involved, you never know. So I just kind of gave a little prayer. Lord, just in case I don't make it uh, through the procedure, thank you for giving me a really great life. Through age 26. I honestly had no idea of what the Lord was preparing for me. Within a few weeks of my surgery, I was introduced to the lovely, loving, kind, very funny, intelligent, and spiritually gifted Julia Allen. Excuse me, <laughs> um, I met her not because I was worthy uh, and If I can be so self-centered, it was because God knew exactly what I needed. He had sent Julie to WBT radio and placed her in my life. We were co-workers and then good friends and then best friends. And then, obviously, in a moment of weakness, she agreed to marry me at some point. (laughs) But even before we got married, Julie brought me here to Doolin's Grove Church and it became my home. True, I kept becoming a member at arm's length for 25-plus years. Uh, that had nothing to do with you, good folks. As I explained at the time of my baptism, my real baptism in 2012, I felt that there might be a lot more responsibility involved with becoming a church member, and I had been content to just sort of skate on the edges. And probably more importantly, I was worried about my possible failure at being baptized. What happens when I'm dunked under the water? I come back up, and I'm not a totally new man. I haven't had a Paul conversion. My nerve end endings aren't suddenly all tingling, and I'm, you know, I'm ready to go out and evangelize the world. Well, a very wise young pastor told me at a lunch meeting when I was contemplating all of this that baptism isn't a promise of what you're going to do for Jesus going forward, although that does tend to work out that way. Rather, it's an acknowledgment of what He's already done for you, His life, His death, His resurrection, his love and His presence for you each and every day. When Matt put it that way, I thought, sure, I agree with all that. I can do that. And so we did. Now, I don't know if this holds for many or any of you here, but I found that being a Christian and trying to be a better Christian is hard. Uh, this road to Damascus, is actually road to heaven, I guess, is a very difficult road. I often feel like I'm taking two steps forward and one step back. and This isn't, of course, because Jesus wants to make it hard for us. In fact, it comes down to a few simple commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Obey the Ten Commandments. And believe that God gave his only son as a sacrifice so that by believing in him, we might have eternal life. That seems pretty straightforward. Now, the reason that it's hard to follow Jesus is, of course, because of sin, which I often equate to selfishness. And I definitely see that in myself. I have to battle it every day and often lose. But I'm so thankful that Jesus has given me at least 63 years to try to do better. He's put me among you folks. He's given me the opportunity to teach here and become a deacon. And I have to be honest that I get a whole lot more out of those situations than I could ever possibly pass along to y'all. I've been given time enough to finally read through the Bible last year for the first time ever. And uh, just to admit in my selfishness has hindered me from being as diligent about doing it a second time. I'm trying, but not quite as day-to-day as I, I should be. Two years ago, God rescued me from a very stressful situation in my former workplace. But during my final weeks there, He gave me a calmness and a confidence that he had everything under control, that he would not forsake our family in our time of need. And more than that, he gave me a soft landing at the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, where Julia and I get to work together again like we did 35 years ago. Those are also very wonderful people. And by the nature of my specific job, I get to hear God speak to me every workday through the voice and sermons of Reverend Billy Graham. And finally, he's blessed me, blessed us, was two wonderful and devout daughters and son-in-law who are more, far more spiritually faithful at their young ages than I probably ever will be. So I'll finally wrap up. And remember that Matt let us out early last week, so I'm just born a little bit of this time. Uh, I just want to say again that I am truly blessed in all aspects of my life, not by anything that I have done, but because of Jesus' and God's love, grace, and mercy for me. I've got a long way to go, and at two steps forward and one step back, I may never get to where I want to be, but I'm thankful that they are giving me the opportunities and guidance and forgiveness and love. Thank you again for giving me a chance to share with you.